And now we're about to talk about Dear Dolly with Love 2023, an artwork that has been shortlisted for Australia's longest-running and most prestigious Indigenous Art Awards, the Telstra National Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander Art Awards, Natias. And joining us to talk about this artwork is uh, none other than uh, Peter Peter Woman, emerging artist, researcher and uh, curator, Jakali Felicitas Romanis. Jakali, welcome to NITV Radio. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're based in uh, on the Kulin Nation, I believe, and uh, this artwork takes us back to a totally different place and in another era. Tell us about this artwork. This artwork is centred around my great-grandmother Dolly, Dolly Creed, who was taken from Pitapita country, which is located about four hours south of Mount Isa, and she was sent to a mission on Palm Island. But the artwork is a combination of photographs and poetry, um, and it's sort of a, a kind of poem that I've written to Dolly as a sort of love letter of sorts, and I'm reflecting on a portrait of her which features in the artwork that was taken by a man called Norman Tyndale, who was an anthropologist that travelled through a series of Aboriginal communities as a researcher. And I'm kind of thinking about Dolly's position in that photograph um, and how that photograph has ended up in the South Australian Museum Archive. And so just reflecting on, you know, parts of her life, but also how the camera itself has sort of been utilised as a tool of violence um, for research purposes towards Aboriginal people. That photo is kind of layered with photographs that I've made of country as a sort of way of bringing Dolly back back home. It's a way of bringing Dolly back home, but uh, when you say uh, the photograph uh, of Dolly, your grandmother was taken by uh, the Norman Tyndale, it's a time when they were doing some uh, questionable research about uh, First Nations people being removed from land and uh, really mistreated, and the way they were portrayed also was a portrayal through uh, racist and uh, colonial lens. And uh, your work is not just about uh, art, it's also about uh, how archives are used and how Indigenous stories are told. Absolutely, yeah. I think, you know, I was very privileged last year to um, have the opportunity to travel to the South Australian Museum and spend time in the archives and actually see the hard copy documents and photographs that, you know, kind of detailed things about my family. Yeah, it's sort of like interesting thinking about access to those documents and the fact that they sort of, you know, sit in storage for many years. I was thinking about when the last time someone had actually held this photograph of Dolly, you know, when was the last time that she was, I suppose, taken out of storage and held by, you know, a family member. Just yeah, reflecting on on what it means to finally be able to do that. Um, yeah. Would you be able to obtain this photograph as a family uh, possession or it just belongs to the museum and nobody in your family can access it? 
so I, I have kind of consent from the museum to have access to this photograph. Um, it still resides in the archive there, but certainly, you know, digital copies can be obtained. But, yeah, ultimately you need consent from from the museum for using it. Yeah, whether that's for family research or for artwork, like how I've used it in that way. Um, During that time uh, when the photograph was taken, actually it was a time when uh, well, photography wasn't as widespread as today when everyone has got a camera in their pocket, basically. Back then it had to be really staged. And uh, I remember just reading in some... Um, very recently the book of uh, Shona Bostock, actually, she describes how how great-grandparents and uh, ancestors, when they were photographed, uh, they were staged, made to sit in a certain way, made to carry some object and things like that. So it's uh, sometimes even a violation of their privacy and their human rights. It was not uh, consented. Uh, did you get to know in which conditions uh, the portrait of your grandmother was taken? Yeah, so um, Dolly, she was, you know, it's kind of, sort of looks a bit like a mugshot, I suppose. You've got the kind of like front-on, very serious portrait, and then the side-on portrait. To kind of accompany the photographs, there are sort of documents that uh, talk to measurements, so physical measurements of how far apart her eyes sit, you know, her brow, um, how tall she is. It's it's a very... Uh, it feels quite extractive as a practice. And, you know, as you were saying before, Tyndale, I suppose, had problematic sort of approaches to research and a lot of his work uh, was kind of centred around this idea of the dying race. And so... He was, I guess, you know, researching family members and connecting family members and doing that from the perspective that, you know, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people were were going to be bred out, essentially. Yeah, and because uh, Tyndale was a, a scientist, but with uh, quotation marks in my view, because he studied insects, he studied... Uh, people he studied history he was uh, a jack of all trades in terms of research he was in the military he was in um how do you call it a missionary as well at some point so he would have used any of uh, the hats that he wore to carry out some um kind of research so ethically today the kind of things that he did wouldn't be allowed no absolutely and i think that's kind of what i'm speaking to in this work it's it's sort of recognizing that um, you know, there's a human in this photograph and she she has really complex histories and that's, you know, connected to my family history. But, you know, in saying that as well, I think it's interesting to kind of reflect on Tyndale's practices and really think about um, whilst they were problematic, you know, a lot of his work also has given people the chance to understand their family history and where they come from and so it's a kind of interesting conflict in that um, whilst I'm sort of pointing at the problematic nature of his work 
without his work, you know, I wouldn't know where I come from necessarily. I wouldn't even know what my great-grandmother Dolly looks like. So it's, yeah, I guess recognizing that there's both sides of, of the, of his work. Yeah. So in a way, you're kind of appreciative and uh, sudden, in another way, it's a little bit confronting and problematic as well at the same time. Yes, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, this brings us to another side of your work because you're also uh, doing research and uh, doing uh, a doctorate. And uh, one of the things you question is how modern uh, photographic and uh, video tools actually uh, violate indigenous rights. Is Did I frame that correctly, this question? Or just, uh, yeah, tell us about your research and uh uh, the conflict between uh, First Nations knowledge and occupation of space and uh, how people like um, the Googles of this world um, violate uh, or conflict with um, Indigenous people's rights and uh, knowledges. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I mean, photography in Australia, within, you know, an Australian context, certainly uh, early practices were... Um, yeah, exploitative towards, you know, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. I didn't give agency or recognition to the, the subjects of these photographs and were used as sort of tools of violent research. But, you know, as you kind of touched on with, with Google Earth in particular, I look at different mapping technologies and how they sort of represent country or don't represent country. And sort of the intersection of, you know, cartography with imaging technology like photography and how these two things are so tightly woven together nowadays and sort of thinking about the implications of those things, particularly when we consider Western mapping practices and, and how, you know, often they've been used as sort of tools of continuing colonialism essentially you know not including indigenous knowledges of place or indigenous knowledges of country in the sort of main mainstream so I'm trying my best within my practice and my research to subvert a lot of these kind of colonial uses of the camera and of imaging technologies and trying to use the camera as a tool of education but also um yeah, for, for lack of a better word, kind of indigenizing the lens or tr- trying to portray a different story whilst using this tool that historically was quite violent towards my people. Yeah, and when are you finishing so you can uh, maybe, I don't know if you're going to publish your uh, uh, thesis or publish it as a book or make it available for the wider audience because it's something I would really like to uh get my hands on and uh, explore (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm hoping to finish next year the end of next year so there will be a thesis or an exegesis i should say technically um because because the work is practice-led so the research you know i'm considering theory and all of that stuff but also making artwork so yeah the exegesis will be published um but then i'll also uh, have an exhibition as well, but yeah, I think that's 
quite important to me, um, working within, you know, the confines of a of an institution. It's important that, uh, you know, it's published so my community can actually look at it and all of this work is I kind of do this, you know, for my family and for my community uh, and the people that come after me as well in these institutional spaces, like representation is really important. So, yeah, <laughs> hopefully next year. <laughs> next year. And uh, before I let you go, besides your work that will be exhibited uh, in August at uh, uh, in Darwin on Larakia Country in the context of these awards, where else can people find your work? Um, I've got a website. Um, if you just type in my name into Google, it should come up. Uh, I have an Instagram account as well. Uh, but I also, for, for those who are based uh, on Coolan Land. I've actually got a solo show at the moment showing at the Museum of Australian Photography, um, which is on until late August. So if you're around, I've got some work um, in an exhibition there at the moment. Jakali Felicitas Romanis, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us on NITV Radio and wish you all the best for the awards. Thank you. Thanks so much.